This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where Florida is under lockdown. The Sunshine State becomes the stay-at-home state as the governor's executive order to combat coronavirus takes effect. A record number of Floridians filed first-time unemployment claims last week, and that number would have been a lot higher if the state's website where you have to apply had actually been working. The director of the Department of Economic Opportunity is apologizing for the fiasco and vowing it will be fixed. The governor has signed an executive order to make that happen. The governor has also signed an order putting a moratorium on evictions and foreclosures during the COVID-19 crisis. Democrats have criticized the governor repeatedly for refusing to issue a statewide lockdown for the virus, but now that he's done that, it's all sunshine and happiness, right? Well, maybe in an alternative reality, but certainly not in ours. They say DeSantis waited too long and put Floridians in danger because he relied on the White House for guidance. The Highway Patrol has a labor shortage of sorts. Three troopers have tested positive for coronavirus, and a total of 40 FHP employees are now self-isolating because they were exposed to the virus or just returned from a hot spot. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and an update on Florida Man, who's been arrested for violating the coronavirus quarantine, not here, but in Hawaii. And now, the top stories on Sunrise, for Friday, April 3rd. The economic downturn caused by coronavirus resulted in a record 227,000 new unemployment claims in Florida last week. The U.S. Labor Department says jobs were lost in services, retail trade, manufacturing, wholesale trade, construction, agriculture, and forestry. Those numbers will rise now that the governor has placed the state in lockdown for the rest of the month, and they would have already been higher right now if the Florida unemployment compensation system worked properly. Trying to file a claim can be a real nightmare because the computer system cannot handle the load, and Governor DeSantis has ordered his Department of Economic Opportunity to do whatever it can to fix the problem. It's obviously a priority. Um, I know they're working very hard on it, uh, and uh, it, that you're talking about a capacity for that agency that is so far beyond what, they, um, what they've been able to, to do. So um, basically, my direction has been uh, don't spare any expense, hire who we need to hire in order to be able to, um, in order to, be able to get this done because uh, it's, uh, it's important for folks. You know, this is not, these are not people that um, you know, are losing their jobs because of anything they did. Uh, this is something that there was a shock to the system. And, and the, the numbers, I mean, you know, you look at the numbers in the restaurant industry, obviously in Florida, I mean, the tourism is totally shot right now. So you're going to see fallout there. I know Disney is paying their cast members, I think, at least until the middle of April. Um, and I know a number of businesses are trying to do that as well. But the reality, financial reality is even businesses that want to do that, I mean, you can only do that for so long if you're not operating. And so we think we're going to continue to see an increase in people that are seeking unemployment compensation, and um, particularly given the shock that this is, and particularly given the fact that, you know, sometimes you, you lose a job, maybe a business goes through a hard time, you could just find another one. Uh, well, it's not that easy right now, um, and it's through no fault of their own. The failure of the state's unemployment system should not have been a surprise. The state auditor general's office issued a report more than a year ago saying the computerized system that applicants have to use to file a claim is flawed. It recommended 17 different fixes, all of which were pretty much ignored. When asked about that audit, DeSantis passed the buck to the DEO. Yep, I mean, you talk to the Department of Economic Opportunity. I'm not exactly sure, you know, what they did uh, or not do. Um, but I, when the... When, when I dealt with it in terms of the, the personnel, you know, we actually kept more personnel on than was needed um, at the time. 
And, uh, but, but that was in a situation where we had a 3% unemployment rate. So it was just a much different system. But yeah, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a brief on that and, uh, and hopefully we can push that uh, in the right direction. The man in charge of Florida's broken unemployment system is apologizing for the fiasco. The department's unemployment website is essentially broken, and Department of Economic Opportunity Director Ken Lawson is promising to fix it. Governor DeSantis has signed an executive order to help make that happen. This system is not handling the needs of the people of Florida in an adequate way, um, and so we need to do more to be able to get relief for the people of Florida. And I'm directing all agency heads to identify and deploy agency employees to assist DEO with their reemployment assistance efforts, including call center operations and other citizen services. We have, uh, I think, about 25,000 state employees who are either telecommuting or, or non-essential and have told to, to stay at home. Um, we wouldn't need all that, but we certainly could use some. And so different agency heads are already working to figure out uh, how they could bring this manpower to bear. Uh, I think this requires all hands on deck. We have a lot of state government functions that are generally important, but, but just aren't as important right now given what we're dealing with. Uh, so we want to be able to utilize all the manpower that we have. Uh, I've also been in contact with AT&T and Verizon um, about ways we can do um, calling that would work well uh, in an age of social distancing where people could be able to do this potentially from their homes. And so, so this is a very, very top priority. You know, when you have these abrupt changes, to just be able to talk to someone on the phone or to know that you submit something and actually goes through, uh, obviously you want to be able to get the assistance, but if you can at least have a system where people are able to get in touch with somebody, um, I think that that would give people a lot more peace of mind. And of course, I've also directed, um, you know, as you're able to expand this, you know, we want to work on the processing to be much quicker uh, than it has been in the past. And so we're willing to put manpower for that as well. Um, because this whole web platform um, is overloaded, people should be able to fill out a paper application if, they, if, that, that's, if that's an option for them. Um, we shouldn't limit how they're able to apply, and so we're going to beef up the call centers. Um, I've, I, I've ordered um, them to, to beef up or create an alternative for online submissions, uh, but at the end of the day, if people want to submit an application um, in person or drop it off, and we should be willing to accept that. So I've ordered them to make all available options available uh, for people to be able to do that. Um, and then I've asked, uh, I'm ordering the Department of Economic Opportunity uh, to immediately purchase on an emergency basis additional capacity, software, technology, and other resources as needed uh, to ensure the state's uh, call center, website, and staff can accommodate the increasing volumes of applications and queries. I wish I could say that this is just something that's only going to last a couple weeks, but I think that um, you know, this is not something that you, you can just turn on and off an economy like this. Um, so, so we need to expand the capacity, but just understand that this is going to be a problem you know, that could be with us um, you know, more than just a couple weeks. In terms of our economic priorities, this is our top priority uh, to be able to field the calls and be able to respond appropriately to the people of Florida. The coronavirus stimulus package approved by Congress provides unemployment payments of up to $600 per week, which is more than double the maximum paid by the state of Florida. But you can't get those federal benefits until you sign up with the state. Almost 10 million Americans have filed for unemployment over the past two weeks. Federal, state, and local officials have worked out a plan allowing two Holland America cruise ships with coronavirus victims on board to dock in South Florida. Governor DeSantis didn't want them here, but in the end, it wasn't his call. There's 
probably 25 of these ships out there. Uh, two of them, these two, you know, have um, U.S. citizens on board. Um, I think the Zandam has, you know, 40, 50 Floridians. So uh, I think we have an interest in making sure those folks come safely. Some of these other ships are uh, all foreign nationals, and, and that obviously would be something that would be difficult for us to accommodate um, in Florida, given uh, what we're facing in South Florida. Uh, but I think that there's a relatively small number of people on those two ships um, who are going to need uh, medical care in the hospital. I think the uh, uh, accommodations have been made. And I think that, uh, that things are going to be done very thoughtfully. Uh, as the foreign nationals leave, um, they're going to be leaving on chartered planes. They're not going to come in contact with the general public. It's going to be a very controlled exit uh, from these ships. And so I just want to thank everyone who was involved with that. Um, tough situation, but I think that they've handled it very, very well. Florida Democrats spent the past couple of weeks criticizing the governor for failing to order a statewide lockdown to help deal with the threat of COVID-19. But now that he's done it, they're happy, right? Wrong. Florida Democratic Party Chair Terry Rizzo says the crisis has been mismanaged from the start, and she blames the president. Tragically for our country and for Florida, Donald Trump's response to the coronavirus pandemic has been delayed and chaotic, uh, the impact of which we're already feeling in Florida, where the number of confirmed cases are skyrocketing. Uh, Trump wasted precious time downplaying the threat to the public, failing to scale up testing at the onset of the pandemic, and ignoring health experts pleading for the federal government to stock up on necessary supplies. As we've heard repeatedly, Trump wants us to believe this crisis was completely unexpected, but that's just not true. Trump was warned about this pandemic months ago, and he failed to take decisive action. South Florida Congresswoman Donna Shalala says Governor DeSantis compounded the problem by taking his cues from the White House. What's even more disturbing for us in Florida is that our governor seems to be taking his orders from the president and hesitated and hesitated and hesitated to declare stay-in-place orders for everyone in Florida. And we have a governor that does not believe he serves the people of Florida, but rather uh, kowtows to the president of the United States. And he has put us in a dangerous uh, situation. And numerous people will die because our governor hesitated to put orders in place that would save uh, lives. And uh, the governor has interfered in a decision to allow a ship with sick patients to land uh, on our shores, even when there's a health care plan in place. And hopefully he will calm down and um, he will allow that ship uh, to bring the the sick patients off and let the other people off and back to their go back to their countries or go back to their homes here in Florida and around the country. It reminded me of when the United States shamefully turned away Jewish refugees that were trying to get into the country because we feared those refugees. And um, there is no country on this earth, Germany, England, France, Denmark that is turning away Americans that are getting sick, and yet our governor shamefully and immorally suggests that that ship could not land in Florida. Um, both his mismanagement of the situation, his unwillingness to make tough decisions to protect all of us, and the president's chaotic leadership 
has led to literally a disaster in this country. Add on to that, the governor has not prepared his office on unemployment insurance, and millions of Floridians who are eligible for unemployment insurance are now finding they cannot get on the website, and they probably won't be able to get on the website for weeks to get to the money that we have allocated to protect their families. Dr. Kaiser Enneking at Shands Healthcare in Gainesville says Republicans who control state government made this even worse by refusing billions of dollars from the federal government through Medicaid expansion, depriving more than a million Floridians of low-cost health care, and systematically gutting county health departments. The number of cases in Florida is on the exponential rise, but I want to emphasize how much the lack of testing has impacted our ability to predict uh, where we are in this crisis. We know that the numbers are not truly representative of exactly the amount of community spread that we've had. And I would just have to emphasize the irresponsibility of our state government in not doing a lockdown until yesterday. We know it's out there. We just haven't tested. We know this for a fact. This has been a a crisis that has been years in the making here in Florida and why we are so primed for for a difficult time with this. Um, Our public health departments have had their funding cut uh, dramatically over the past 10 years um, and as a result have been virtually um, non-existent in this current pandemic. This is a basic responsibility of our government to keep people safe. And and we've seen this massive failure. And I feel like the response that we've seen both from the federal government and the state government has been based not on science, but on the gut of, uh, of our leaders. Leadership isn't about patting yourself on the back and, and telling yourself how great you are. Leadership's about getting out there every day and making sure that people really are safe, making sure that people understand where the problem is and how you're going to fix it and reassuring them that that we have a plan. It's hard to do that when we don't have a plan. The governor's stay-at-home order closed all non-essential businesses. It took effect one minute after midnight, but there are exceptions, including churches and gun shops. Congresswoman Donna Shalala says that's ridiculous. It is very dangerous to have any kind of gathering and the Pope himself has been careful about uh, these reports, asking people to social distance. So that loophole is inappropriate and scary, as is the loophole to allow the gun shops to come under essential uh, services, which is absolutely ridiculous, that you can buy ammunition and guns, and those stores can stay open. The governor has yet to explain why he believes gun shops are an essential service, but DeSantis says the church exemption is a no-brainer. I don't think the the government has the authority to close a church. Um, I'm certainly not going to do that. At the same time, we got with the churches and the synagogues very early and said, um, in in times like this, what you guys are doing, I think, is even more important. Um, But, you know, we ask that you do it in a way that is going to be conducive to this overall mission. And I would say almost all of them 100% agree. Some have gone virtual. Some have had people, but they've been spread out far enough. I mean, you guys are spread out, you know, here in this press conference. There's no reason why you couldn't do a church service with people 10 feet apart. Um, so we definitely ask them to absolutely abide by, you know, the social distancing guidelines. Um, but I think that the, 
in times like this, I think the, the service that they're performing um, is going to be very important for people, uh, especially when you have difficult circumstances. And so do it right. Uh, make sure that you're following the mission. Um, but I think particularly coming up in the Easter season, I think people are going to want to have access um, you know, to religious services, whether it's online, whether it's in a more socially distant type of, type of service. Uh, but to have that available, I think, is very important. After the governor issued his stay-at-home order that exempted churches, the Archbishop of Miami told his priest not to conduct any in-person services, including Easter Mass. Democrats have also asked the governor to impose a moratorium on foreclosures and evictions during the crisis, and he agreed. The other executive order I've done relates to mortgage foreclosure and eviction relief. Uh, we're suspending foreclosures uh, for 45 days and also suspending evictions for 45 days. Um, you know, I'm not sure that you're going to rent out a lot of new places right now um, anyways, but nevertheless, you just never know how people act. So, so given the circumstances, I think that those suspensions uh, are warranted. Democrats had been asking for a moratorium until the pandemic is over, but as you heard, the governor's order is only for 45 days. There's not as much traffic these days now that everyone's been ordered to stay home, and that is good news for the Florida Highway Patrol because they are short-staffed. More than 40 FHP employees are self-isolating because of exposure to coronavirus, including three state troopers who tested positive for COVID-19. The News Service of Florida reports some of those employees have self-isolated after coming to close contact with people who tested positive. Others were isolated because they traveled to virus hotspots or were exposed to people who had traveled to those areas. Your calendar of events begins with the Florida Board of Respiratory Care. They're holding an 8.30 conference call. The State Child Abuse Death Review Committee, which works to reduce child abuse deaths, meets by conference call at 9. And the Florida Board of Massage Therapy holds a conference call at 9. You know, it sounds like this would be a really good day to skip work. Finally, it's time to check in with Florida Man. An unidentified man hacked into an online learning session of an Orange County public school class and exposed himself to the kiddies. The school district says he was able to crack into an instructional session being offered over a video conferencing program called Zoom and that they, quote, handled the situation. The district sent a message to parents of students who were affected, but no other details have been provided. Now, we don't know for sure that the guy was actually a Florida man, but he certainly behaved like one. In fact, Zoom bombing has been reported throughout the country, including schools, synagogues, even Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Tuesday night's video meeting of the Student Senate at the University of Florida was also Zoom bombed with images of butts, genitalia, and swastikas. They pulled the plug after someone mooned the entire meeting. And if you're a regular listener, you are well aware that the governor made a big fuss about New Yorkers coming to Florida and ordered them to self-isolate for 14 days after they arrive. Well, it turns out Hawaii has the very same 14-day requirement for anyone visiting the islands now, and a Florida man has become the first visitor arrested for violating it. 62-year-old Dwight Tucker of Tampa arrived Monday, was told he would have to stay inside his hotel room for 14 days, couldn't even go out to get food. Well, he was arrested the very next day in a city 40 minutes away from his hotel. He's out on bail now and has a court hearing at the end of May. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again Monday as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.